Hi there. This is Ellie Tom Elamine, and today we're going to talk about breatharian brain health. Because in my teachings, when we talk about the breatharian knowledge of eating very little or none at all, first people just hear the eating not at all part because our minds want to go to the most extreme, and that's understandable. You know, you want to see somebody who could catch their cells on fire, you know, could jump off of Mount Everest and live. So we want to see those humanly things we think is humanly impossible first. But something with the mind that they still, when they hear very little, they probably think, oh, I know somebody who don't eat that much, and that's what they think it means. But breatharian is a skill where a person could go a very long time without food. And that's what we mean by very little. And they're not eating it basically to say I need to eat it to stay alive. They're doing it on the level because we live in a social world and you're having a life experience. And there's many things you might want to try, you might want to do. And uh, being food free might not be the right thing or, you know, you might feel out of place on those levels of certain social gatherings. Because I get calls from people all the time and they're trying to do the breatharian journey and they had a nice social gathering. But if it didn't bother them, they wouldn't call me. Because they're sitting there, the people are laughing, doing their thing, and of course people meet with food, but they're calling me yeah, and I'm sitting it through, and la, la, la. And I'm like, what are you doing? What, what is the purpose of this? Because if anything, you shouldn't be there. You know, if you're still going through that type of transition, you ain't get established yet, and you're calling me about what to do next, uh, you can socially interact with the people around you, because right now you're bringing the energy. It's sort of like, and we'll talk more about this. It's sort of like you're at this party now, where everybody's drinking. That's what they do every weekend. They're sitting there drinking. Now, you used to drink with them. But now, your buddies and stuff, you stop drinking, but they still do. And you're trying to stop drinking. Now, they even would tell an alcoholic, don't go back to those places that you used to go to, especially if you want to make a serious change, because you can relapse. But no... You choose to show up at this place and it ain't so much as you feeling awkward, you make everybody else feeling awkward because they're used to you drinking. So of course you're going to get different people asking you questions, feeling awkward, and you know, it's like they're picking on you because you're trying to do something different. You brought all that attention on yourself. I'm just saying, I'm just putting it out there. We've got to be a lot more wise than this. And even if you eat something, the food, your body's designed. We all use the bathroom. Well, if you're eating, what goes in, that's what's coming out. It, that's showing right there. It didn't stay in you forever. So I don't even want to hear this crying no more on how you're tired of eating food, beating you up, and you're sitting up there with this big plate in front of you. The food came out many times before and I just looked on the internet and I was surprised that somebody did calculate how much food the human being eats in a lifetime. And they had it in the tons, I believe. 
Oh, I got to look at that number again. But it was just fascinating to calculate stuff like this. You know, at least get around about. And I guess they're judging it from three meals a day. And they, usually when you sit down and eat, it's like three to five pounds of you're actually putting on you by putting that food inside of you. Three to five pounds. So think about that, you people who are trying to lose weight. That's what's happening. But the food is going to come out eventually. And uh, so you ain't got nothing to worry about. That's a whole other cycle. So start enjoying the journey and start. That's why the Breatharian journey is teaching you how to eat again into food freedom. Now, dealing with this brain health, um, because the brain is the organ that uses the most energy in the body. And when you become a Breatharian, you want to maintain that and keep that going. So even if you still choose to eat, these different tips I'm going to give you uh, for brain health is crucial. Now, I'm giving these tips because I feel that this is a prerequisite on going into the breatharian journey. Because there's many levels and degrees. It's a holistic lifestyle. But usually, if you're really planning on saying, I want to now become a breatharian to go more extended periods of time, or one day even go not at all, uh, there's some things that you should have as a prerequisite already in line. Because I think what messed people up in the beginning years as the um, breatharian knowledge was evolving was they already had this bad health and they're coming to push themselves to be a breatharian and you know you have bad health. So there's been some uh, misleading disasters in the past. People did die because they weren't fit to begin with. And uh, now that's not saying don't stay to go get the knowledge. You should because it's a holistic lifestyle and you're learning a lot. But to try to push yourself that hard to become a brother and at that moment, at that short space of time, that is a no-no. Absolutely. I got a big retreat coming up. And yes, I tell people to work with their medications. Uh, and I have seen people who got off of medications once they learned certain techniques for the Breatharian retreats. And their life has bettered itself dramatically. That's what it's designed to do. But that prerequisite that you should really have in line, because you got to think now, safety first. You understand? When you go to that next level to push yourself, your potential to see where you got in you, you should at least have these seven things in order. Now listen at this. Step number one, exercise the mind. This is very important. Exercise the mind. Now how do you exercise your mind? Well, in this society we're in now, we got a great thing called reading. That is a powerful, powerful technology that humanity has. And it was just recently where most of the planet could not read. Just recently, you know, in our human history, the whole planet, that goes for all races. This is a new technology that actually is around the planet right now that even if people cannot read, they know that reading exists, that people actually can pick something up and translate these characters on a page and tell you what it is saying based on their language and everything else. This is very, very powerful. And I believe that most of the books on the planet is written in English. And number two, Russia's next. Yeah, Russia. 
So I think most books are written, about 55% is written in English and about 10% is written in Russian. And then all other languages fall up under that. Because uh, I used to get surprised when somebody would call me saying, I want to translate your book in our language because we don't have it. And, you know, due to my ignorance before I started really learning about the world, I thought every book was automatically translated in every language. No, some languages do not even come close to having the information, especially if they don't know how to read uh, English or Russian. So this is something, that's why when I started this message, first of all, when I got in my favor, I do speak English that's popular all around the planet. And I'm in a library where I can read most books on a planet that's been translated to English. So that was a plus when it comes down to spreading this information. I'm at least coming in places where somebody can translate for me or somebody understands what I'm saying. Oh man, this is good. But and keep in mind that since this is a new technology on the planet, in the past, the people who did have the privilege to read was considered divine. Listen at that. We're taking this for granted now. They were considered divine. That was a very powerful tool again to use. And we all know the stories about, you know, uh, when we had the master-slave relationships. Right. The slave is not allowed to read. That's for a reason, because reading is power. Oh my gosh. So since you notice now, you can really take advantage of this and start using it as an exercise for your brain. Now, what should you read? Now, you got many things out there. I was just reading a famous person saying five must-read books, you know, in their mind, and they got a big fan base. So yeah, you got all types of uh, book clubs out there. Um, now, and we also got the age of, you know, Kindle and stuff where we could download books, you know, via the internet, our cell phones, which is real good because you could carry a whole lot of books, you know, on that device. But the downside is your device always needs charged up. So I'm into long distance biking. I travel a lot. I'm not going to run around with a a whole lot of books. So sometimes people give me gifts of a book and I'm like, oh, thank you. Now I know I'm going to pay it for it after I read it real quick and give it to somebody else who needs it. But to carry that around consistently, I know I cannot do it. However, if you do carry at least try to find a book to carry with you because if you're traveling on planes, trains, and your device is going to need charged up soon. So it's good to keep that good positive technology with you and especially when I was in long distance biking and walking I'm really off the grid a lot of times you you don't have internet access but to have that book there to exercise your brain really comes in handy now one thing I grew up reading and one thing helped me was uh, I used to always read books of information books of study that's just me until one day something hit me Wait a minute, get out of this. Let me read something. Let me read some fictional books. Now, I like science fiction. I love it. So I went to the library, searching through there until I found me a good one, and I found some really good reads, you know, and that really took me somewhere else because that's a thing, too, of the human imagination. You can actually read a book and it'll take you to another world, take you to another planet, 
tape you into somebody's life, tape you into somebody's situation. It's an awesome technology to really exercise the brain. So that's why even when I'm teaching about spirituality and we bring these new spiritual concepts, taking the myth out of it, sometimes I got to remind people when we read those spiritual books in the path about uh, different things that seem really out there, but people believe in it because they put it in the spiritual context, that also caused a lot of misleading damage, I believe, because that was still an author. They were writing to sell their book. So you see people going on their spiritual journeys on these wild goose chases, believing something because they just read it. It can be really uh, misleading and, you know, you waste a lot of time. And I'm well-traveled around the world now. And uh, yes, I read books to say, these people live here and they live here doing this and it's not there at all. But we live in an age where the people who was writing those different things didn't expect you to ever be there. You understand? Because even travel is at an all-time high on this planet where the average person with medium income or not at all can really travel all around the world too. You understand? Yeah, we've got great blogs on how to travel with less money and minimalism. And we live in a really, really great time where you could do a lot of things if you put your mind to it. But keeping the brain fit. Exercising the mind. Reading is number one. And then everything else falls under that category, really. Uh, even on our positive thinking. Because a lot of people, we all got that inward voice on us. The person we talk to is the most is ourselves. So start exercising the brain too with affirmations, mantras, mantrams to really exercise the brain into a new behavior, a new thought pattern. This is very important for the Brethren journey. Because you're basically going to start thinking in oneness. It's one thing to talk it, but it's the next thing to exercise it when you are actually at a place and you are in a state where everything is you and all you expect is the best to happen. That is really, really something. We talk and it sounds beautiful, but it does take work to get there. That's a sign of exercising the mind. We look at that word exercise, we know the physical fitness of the body, we can know that one, but the brain is a, we can look at it as a device, as a muscle also. It will actually get stronger and the neurons will actually change in the brain, the neural pathways, every time we learn something new and you gotta keep it fired up because they got a thing called Alzheimer's disease also, which is very uh, painful, especially if you know somebody who has it. They used to remember you. I had a, a relative and they just couldn't remember anybody no more. Now it was really hurtful for their children because can you imagine your, you and your parent got this close relationship and then they can't remember your name? Wow. So brain health is real key on a breath and journey because it's a holistic health journey. It's covering all bases so you can grab the best energy possible and redirect it so you can gain more energy flow through the organism. This is why it's called breatharian science. All right, exercise the mind. And there's other things to exercise the mind, but we'll get into it because all of these uh, prerequisite concepts all blend into one because the next one is keeping the body fit. Now, 
when you make up your mind that I'm going to be a breatharian now, see, there's different levels. One is, okay, I'm going to go get the knowledge or take myself through the experience. That's one thing. You can come any way on that one. But to make up your mind to become a breatharian, you should have some sign of health in the body. Again, people call me all the time. When should I let go of the food? Because they're trying to push themselves a faster way into it. And I ask them the question, how is your health? Well, I feel a lot better than before. They're giving me this lobster. Really, do you have robust health? Is it in a good level right now? Because even if you was to get a group of people that eat every day and you got them in a situation where they have no food, the, the people who are more fit is going to last longer than the people who's not. The people who's sick is going to die first. That's just the way it is. A physical fit body. Now, we're in an age where it isn't a conspiracy on this all around the world. Where I go, every city, every country, I always run into a billboard talking about exercise. And everywhere I go, I see somebody jogging, somebody's exercising everywhere. So this is a, a worldwide thing now. This is why this is the golden age. So even though we could talk about the negativity of the preventable diseases, which is a pandemic on the planet, uh, nature also balances itself out because all around the world, we also have the best health that's been here right now. I'll stand up to that one. And they do give you warnings about this and that, you know, and people are doing their choices, but we got a whole entourage of people who do really care about their physical fitness. So when we deal with keeping a fit body, right, get you an exercise routine, and that should be like your holy Bible. I remember I was with this one group one time, the African Hebrew Israelites, and what really caught my attention is one Sunday we met at this gym early in the morning. Huh, when I first got with the group. So when I went there, they was playing long, uh, uh, full court basketball. You know, nobody pushed you. They just said, let's go play full court basketball. So I got there and, and somebody said, this is our Bible study. And I mean, that really caught my attention right there. Not only the community was vegan, once a week, they all met at the gym to play full court basketball. And that was like the Bible study. They was actually teaching a holistic lifestyle, and I learned so much from that group. And also, not just that, I had this job one time at uh, the well-known Ace Hardware. So I went there, and they, too, had a thing once a week. You come earlier before the shift starts and, you're, you know, before the place opens up. We met at this gym that was around the corner, and again... And this ain't had nothing to do with the religious philosophy. This ain't even had nothing to do with food being involved. We all played basketball. Now, they didn't call it uh, um, Bible study, but it was just the idea, hey, y'all, we work hard. Let's get something together where we could go play hard. This is very, very awesome. And then I heard there was a place over in Europe, a job that that was like mandatory. I can't think of it right now, but... There was a job where it was mandatory where you had to at least show up at a fitness place once a month. And um, I think that was awesome. And most people there loved it 
But then again, the people who didn't love it, guess what? They probably didn't work there. <laughs> but uh, that is an awesome idea, what I think should be uh, one of the main things that's around the planet, too. That's just my idea. But it's sort of like where we got physical education in schools. I remember one time I did get my son homeschooling. And, uh, but I sent him back to school again because he started to gain more weight. Now, of course, I was working a lot at one location and the cat had got away from us. And I'm not using that as an excuse, but I seen too that how important that social interaction with his friends was before, you know, running around and having that. That was just my opinion on that at that time. And it worked out good. And that's when he got into different sports like wrestling and stuff like that. And he really, really loved it. So that is very important for that physical education. Now, physical education, again, let's go back to exercise. Exercise was also the planet, just wasn't given to the planet, but it was for esoteric circles, the more educated. When you look at it at ancient Greece and you see the statues of a physical physique and stuff, yes, that has truth to it because some people understood in esoteric circles, the body is the mind. It's showing how you think. And we got so much information now that when you start bettering your physical body, it does changes the neural pathways again in your in the physical part of your brain, not the neural spinal system, even though they're all one. It, it does great improvements on it. So exercise is for the brain. This is for brain health, to give it more energy, to get better blood flow, to oxygenate the blood. All this good stuff is all positive, hands down. But if you got that going on for you, you, now you're ready to come into the breath there and journey as a prerequisite. I can see that person talk. Because again, I've been through so many situations where I'll see people like this one guy, he did three days with no food and water. He's feeling good, but you can see it's taxing on the body, but he's doing his thing. That's good. That's one thing. But then he says this at the end of the retreat. Well, I do feel good, and I'm going to continue this. I'm not eating or drinking no more. But as he's saying this, he, mind you, he was in bad health when he got there. He still got these double chins. You understand? I'm just describing it to you. That's, show, that's a sign right there. There's a lot of healing that has to take place. But he got made up in his mind out of being desperate. People could get desperate when they're sick. And they have a vision in their mind where safety is out of the window. Uh, they're not thinking clearly because they see this vision in their mind where they just see them. Uh, if I go through this and stop eating, that's going to be the cure-all. But what everything, and I mean everything, it does take safety. It does take a time period for you to get used to this, your body to get used to it. You be in the right situation, the right situation, you know, and stuff like this. Because after the retreat, we're driving and he's driving past the old donut places he used to go to. And I already see the chains and the energy pulling him, but he's still trying to talk one way and he's going to do this. And lo and behold, it didn't last long. And I tell people all the time, the real thing about their health problem is if you can't maintain the basics that will work, it will get you healthy to a great degree, the breath of knowledge is not going to magically do it for you. You understand? Because at the end of the day, you're going to be living with yourself again. 
You're not always going to be in a hospital or in a, with the guru and stuff like this. So it's very important that you develop a discipline where you can maintain this lifestyle on your own. Because the breath theory and knowledge is a lifestyle. You're on your own. You're in an uncontrolled environment where you have to develop some control. That's just the way it is. Food is everywhere. And it's not society's problem. Uh, society created that. Not to keep you down as a conspiracy. That's what we did. So if you're coming in these levels, they're just trying to keep me down. No, you guys got to develop discipline and make up in your mind on what you want to do. You want to be a happy, healthy human being. So keeping a physical fit body is very, very necessary just for living a happier life. And, and like I said, I met many people on the monetary level who had great riches, great things, but when the health was gone, happiness was out the window. And there's a saying that says, a stoic saying, and, and many other proverbs, a, a rich man will give up everything if he's sick for the fit body of a peasant in a heartbeat. He'll give up his kingdom. This is how precious it is. But there's a saying that says you don't recognize these things till you lose it. So please don't get yourself in that uh, predicament. There is, that's why we got this thing called preventive health. You work on yourself to where it won't even rise up. It's out of your reality. It's just like I haven't ca- caught a cold in over 20 years being on this path. Oh, really? Is that so amazing? Well, no, it's not. I don't cater to those energies that will cause it to happen. This is very important. Whole other lesson. Now, stay positively social. This is very, very key, very, very important because in this age we in, we do have a lot of um, introverts like never before. There's nothing wrong with that, you know, on one level. But you got to keep yourself positively social. Get your social interaction going with people. Say hi. Uh, it is one thing we got the age of the social media, and I'm on there a lot. That's my thing. I love it. But I also keep myself social around people that's around me every day. As you're taking your walk, as you're in the park, just to say hi and go get you some friends if you don't have any. You understand? Uh, and, and that don't even mean you need to hang out all the time like that. At least somebody you can come talk to about the birds and about the grass and all this other stuff. You know what I mean? That exercise of the brain because by nature we are social creatures. Everybody come from, uh, uh, how should we say, our ancestors all lived in social groups. Cooperation is what helps us. Cooperation is what it's all about. So it's built in us to keep that positive social interaction going. And you'll get better at it. And I know some people could be trying or nothing, stuff like that, but we're not saying just hang out in any group, you understand, or any person be with. There's 7 billion people on the planet, and believe me, everybody's not at a low frequency, in other words. So we got this going on and just make some friends or somebody you can talk to and stay socially positive. Force yourself to go out, you know, and even on the breath during journey, another misleading thing. There was a holiday coming up one time. I believe the Christmas holiday. 
and there was a man trying to go on a breath-during journey, and he's talking about his diet compared to his family's, and he's not showing up to the family get-together. And I'm like, wait, what is that all about? Were they going to be eating that food? Was it going to bother you? Well, it's not that, but I just can't stand their frequency. But I say, you're, it's more than that. I mean, you got people, see, life is so serious. Those people you say you love, you don't know what day you might not see them again. Every time somebody that you live with walk out the door, that might be the last time you see them. So take advantage of these opportunities to say sociatively positive because sometimes when you show up with a group, it was your presence that kept everybody else motivated. You understand? And sometimes don't expect people to say hi to you, you know, or act like they smile to you. I find out that a lot of my family members do talk about me positive, they just don't tell me. You understand? Yeah, people love you. So try to keep that going, stay sociatively positive, and uh, this is a big world. If you're, if you're not prosperous in one location, move to another. Yeah, our ancestors did it all the time. That's why we were migrating all over the place. I got better opportunity over here. So now, I got, this is step number four coming up. So the first one was exercise the mind. Keep the body fit was number two. Stay positively social was number three. Now number four is fast routinely and regularly. So again, a lot of people come into the breath air knowledge and it's good when you're first learning it and you're coming in, you want to learn about fasting. You want to go through the experience to know how it feels. Come on. But then, like I said, for the, if you want to go with the big dogs now, you got to do what the big dogs do. You got to get your body used to maintaining itself good without food. There's, I mean, that's just the way it is. You're putting a new routine and fasting is good for the brain. There's so many metaphorical facts, facts out there revealing this to us now. Not, we ain't saying overdoing it, but fasting to back away from the table and a lot of diseases. 99.999% of them is associated with an overfed brain. Even going back to Alzheimer's, food related. Come on, people, we got to get this. Now, fast routinely, I always say in my message, or the foundation, where do I begin? You should put fasting weekly in your lifestyle. And I even had one breath there in, well, one person try to talk against that. I don't think you need that. And I'm like, oh, come on. But that person is saying this, they're not a breatharian. You know, people do give out their knowledge and opinions, but to be a breatharian, there is a qualification. Without a shadow of a doubt, I got to do a lesson on this, different levels and degrees. What makes you a breath in besides a binge eater and all this other stuff? We don't want to hear it no more. Um, fasting is awesome. Food is overrated on eating three meals a day or more. And this pandemic we have right now dealing with bad health and obesity around the planet is food related. We got to hit it on the head. So gaining a fasting routine is so precious. It is so awesome. It's, let's make it make sense. Your body is a bio machine. It's a machine. The hip bones connected to the 
thigh bone. Here we go now. Now, when, when I was in the military, we had these pieces of equipment and we did maintenance on them. You don't wait till the machinery to break down. You do maintenance now. But we, we, we uh, determined how often we do maintenance on that piece of equipment was based on how much you use it. Pieces of equipment we used a lot. We had more frequent uh, checks on it. You understand? So those had the daily checks or the weekly checks on it because we used them more routinely. Pieces of equipment we didn't use that often usually had the monthly check, the quarterly check, or the yearly check. They didn't get used that much, but they still got checked. So your body, you use all the time. You use it every day. You're using it even when you don't think you're using it. You're using it when you sleep. It never shuts down. That is awesome, ain't it? So to put fasting in your lifestyle routinely will, with a shadow of a doubt, better your life, better your piece of equipment. Now, regularly and routinely, I got both of those words in for a reason. Regularly mean I say once a week you should get that in your lifestyle. Start where you at, whether it's a water fast, juice fast, or dry fast. Get that in your life. Then you should also do it during season changes. When the atmosphere changed, one of the biggest ones I can say is where you're going from wintertime to spring. Springtime is when children grow the fastest. Uh, springtime is when your nails grow the fastest. So right there, we're being influenced by the sun, the energy and the atmosphere, the season change. But your body, that shows you right there, it made these changes. That's what people usually catch, colds, flus, also, the, going from the summer to the fall season, going into the winter season. These different seasons mean something to the physical body. And you can really help it out by doing a fast during those trans, transition periods. All religions on the planet, especially the springtime, have fasting rituals. Whether people do them or not or understand what they're about. But now since we got the Bethlehem knowledge, yeah, I'm the temple of God. So the God's temple need to make us religious, uh, how should I say, clean out the temple so it can make a smooth transition. You know, whatever makes you happy on how you think about it. So making that transition is very key. And how long should it be? At least a three-dayer. At least. Three to seven days of work wonders during a season change. And you'd be surprised and keep a log on yourself and see how you were from last season. I met people who told me so much how their life changed. They used to think they had allergies and stuff and blaming the atmosphere, blaming a bug in the air. But once they started this routine, zip, they understood what it was. It was nothing but the toxicity going through the organism. Now, number five, meditation and energy cultivation. Another key one. I say meditation is the foundation of the pranic living lifestyle, hands down. I don't even let people talk against it no more. I don't care who it is. I heard other breatharians and even people say, well, you don't have to do all that. All we got to do, yes, you do. And again, I'm not trying to toot my own horn. 
they're not at the degree I'm at saying that. I have to look at it for what it really is. I respect them. I love them. But from meditation is a tool to bring more energy into the body when you relax the body and the mind. You can feel the energy flow usually through the hands first. Right there, those are indications of our electromagnetic field. We got a thing called homeostasis. It's the energetic balance act that the body does on its own. So, and I put meditation and energy cultivation. What do I mean by that? Let's take yoga. Most people learned about the asanas. They go do the moves, the asanas. You understand? They might add in some breath work, the focus. That's all good because you're stretching up the organism so energy flow can pass through the body a lot more easily. That's what it's about. But then, that is actually the tool used so you could go into meditation. That's when you sit down or relax and allow the energy, the electrons that's in in and around us to start opening up different energy pathways. Even the blood, as it keeps going like a river, it's actually uh, breaking up all these energy pathways. And that's what it is. All meditations just lead to clearing out our energy system because our energy system is the foundation of our makeup. We use energy for everything. And there's two ways to get this energy. One is through sleep. That's why we sleep. And we sleep because of brain health. That's why this is all dealing with brain health. The more tired the brain is, the more it needs to charge up. The more it's already charged up and got what it needs, you're going to sleep less. That's what we call health. And the body is the brain. This is holistic health, mind-body connection. I hope this is making sense. So now, you need meditation and an energy cultivation. And those are dealing with different qigongs, different tai chis. There's a whole world of stuff to do out there to really get this energy flowing at your in your body because your electromagnetic field that's coming around your body, we used to call it an aura, it actually, your responsibility to keep it healthy, to keep it flowing, because it changes on everything. It's always fluctuating. It's not static. So that means our physical bodies are not static. See, change is a constant no matter who you are, what language you speak. Change always takes place. That's why there's a thing called evolution. So you can start understanding what evolution is talking about when you learn the breath theory and knowledge. Yes, you had a distant ancestor that you wouldn't even know you came from that. That's a whole other lesson. But it needs to be taught so you can know you're taking part of your evolution now. That's what you're doing. Now, Listen at this next one. Step number six. Eating less. I'm not even going to tell you what to eat or what not to eat. Because that to me, that's a belief system and it dumbs things down on many levels. But to eat less, he who eat less, live longer, should be your motto. Your stomach is only the size of a fist. And I remember I used to go to all you can eat places, four or five plates. I got to get my money's worth. Well, I wonder I used to be overweight. (laughs) Take a plate home, eat it in the middle of the night. And the more you eat, the hungrier you're going to feel. Bottom line. But the main things too is salt, sugar, and fats. 
Those are in a lot of processed foods. And you got companies that pay a lot of money to actually get scientists to do experiments on a person's taste buds and the chemical reactions in the brain. And they actually put together the right ingredients on the salt, how much sugar to use, and how much fats to use for a person to want to buy that particular product again. Listen at that. Because we live in a system, yes, that food is on the stock market, and if you play in stocks, you want to get a good return. So everybody can be taking part in it. Well, I'll make a good money on my stocks. And you really don't care how it's being made as long as you're making a good investment, a good return. So that's just clear. So everything is geared toward having a customer base. And when you're dealing with the alchemy of foods, yes, I need this person to like my product, to come back for my product. And health is basically out the window. And salt, sugars, and fats are, they send off chemical reactions in the brain just like a, a person on drugs. Uh, the dopamine the award center is going off and you're going to want more to recreate that experience. So being on a breath daring journey, you at least, and I tell people all this time and many people love it, they feel it. I'm teaching you how to eat again before you go into unfooding to food freedom. You must learn how to eat so you can really put your body and your brain into a certain state when you understand these are drugs and how to lay those drugs down instead of chasing over and over again, trying to get high and don't even know it. And then last but not least, the outburst of being judgmental. Oh my gosh, this is a big one. Okay, everybody knows that you eat fruit only and you don't eat meat. But now you got to go beat everybody over the head about it. I'm a breatharian, and when I go to different places, I have wonderful conversations with people all the time. They don't even know I'm a breatharian. That usually come out if I gave them my card, or they see me, and they say, you got an Instagram or Facebook or YouTube, and I'll give it to them, and when they look it up, they'll get surprised and all this stuff. You know, many different ways. Or they just happen to hear it through somebody else. Or it'll be a while they never know. Because I'm not, that's just my state of being. But that's one thing. But the other thing is when a person is doing near habit, I do not beat them over the head with it. I see this happens a lot. Like we'll be somewhere and somebody will probably uh, break out some cookies and uh, I got one friend of the get on their case of eating cookies, and I'm like, wow, that's their cookies. I'm sure they're crystal clear. Uh, oh, man. I hope y'all can feel this. And the reason why this is necessary for your brain health, because you're, that puts you in a state where you're too much looking outside yourself, comparing your habits. That's another ego that's coming out. Now, I know I get my egotistical stuff, you know, because I say I'm a God, you know. But still, I say you're a God, too. I don't say I'm the only God, and that's it. But at the same time, there's a thing called blowing your high. If a, yeah, if a group of people is all going to go get high, that's what they're going to go do. Everybody's clear. But then you got this person that'll come through the door, and he's talking about getting high is bad. Y'all should quit this. 
Now that's going to bring another energy to the room. You just blew everybody's high. This is what I'm talking about. Or you'll see a social media group. I seen a person did this one time. It was a good Christian group. They're having their conversations and they jump in and they want to prove that Christianity is wrong and this and that. But and they're proud of their little fight, but but they're claiming themselves as being this good person, and they are. But I said, why did you even jump in the room? It was clear what they was already talking about, and they were getting along. That's their group. And on my Breatharian channel, every once in a while, well, I don't get it no more. You're, you used to get somebody to come on there talking stupid, you know, talking about a hot dog or something, and we're talking about something else. Or act like they want to get sarcastic. You mean you guys really believe on the air? You know, and I used to say, well, go get caught up and stuff. And I don't have that problem no more. But you're in the wrong group. There's a group that will contain your consciousness. So you're already picking a fight. So outburst of being judgmental. If you're that type of person, yeah, coming on a breath and journey, that will really help you. Because that takes a lot of energy. It's going to get you into a lot of fights a lot of debates, and all it's doing is building up your own ego, and nine times out of 10, half of the stuff you're saying you're doing, you ain't doing that, no way. That's my understanding. It's real. So outbursts of being judgmental. And me and a friend, really good friend, when they do that to other people, it won't be long before they do it to you. So when I see people doing that around me and stuff, it won't be long before we hit heads. Because I even had to get wise on my journey. You understand? Or what to look for. That's why I'm giving these off. Because so, I backed up away from the person afterwards. We're still good friends. But I knew to back up a little bit because, because of that behavior. Because it wasn't long that I offered somebody something. that gave it to somebody. And they're getting on my case on... You should only give it to people when they're like this and when they're like that. And I said, but this is what I want to do. Yeah, but la, 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 la. I said, see, I'm a brethren, which that means that I had to throw this on them. I live as less stress as possible. Right now, you're giving me a lot of stress. So I had to throw that back. Because they were. Those people give you a lot of stress. Let people do what they want to do because this is a great simulation we're in. You start focusing more on yourself and that will really help your journey. Oh man, so these are the seven prerequisites again. Exercise the mind, keep the body fit, stay positively social, fast routinely and regularly, meditation and energy cultivation, eat less and watch the salt, watch your sugar and watch your fat intake. And the outburst of being judgmental. In other words, you're picking fights with people. <laughs> Making them feel uncomfortable. That's a really a serious energy. So again, I hope this helps you. And this is just my prerequisites. Everybody got their own, but I just had to stand up for mine or what I think is real crucial, you know, from working with people and also working with myself. So here we go again on this podcast. And we hope this works for you. Um, the universe is user-friendly. You know my quotes and sayings. And enjoy the journey. Love you. And have the best day ever. <laughs>